How to handle troubles. How to manage troubles. I want to show you what the Bible has to say about that because no other book like the Bible knows human nature and has the answer that you and I need to be free from troubles, to live in peace and joy. Lots to talk about today. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for being my wonderful partners, my wonderful family. And I pray the Lord today will really use this to bless you. And I pray that God will help you remember what we're going to look at today. So when the troubles come, you know what to do. Let's pray. Wonderful Father, we come in Jesus' most precious name, Lord. And we ask you to speak to our hearts, Lord. Bless each one of us for your glory, with your word and your peace. And God's people said, Amen. I know I'm talking to somebody who needs this word. Because we all have days when troubles come our way. What would you do if you were Jacob and you escaped from one enemy and another enemy was coming your way within hours of each other? Do you, do you remember Laban chasing Jacob to kill him? God had to stop Laban from harming Jacob. And after that, who comes against him? His own brother, Esau, with 400 men. He wasn't exactly coming to say, hello, how you doing? He came with hostility in his heart. Now, the Lord had said to Jacob, he said, go back to Bethel. Go back to the place where I met you. But he doesn't obey God. Instead, he goes to Shechem. And when he gets to Shechem, the wrong place, because God had said go to Bethel, his girl, Dina, was raped by the prince of that area. Shechem was his name. Later, we find out that uh, his children begin to serve false gods. That's all in, in the Bible. And the Lord has to come back to say, please go to Bethel. This is where I want you to go. Because he didn't listen to God. He went to the wrong place, gets in trouble. But he had troubles before that, when his own brother came to harm him. Think about Elijah. And by the way, we'll talk more about Jacob in just a second and show you what he did. But how about Elijah and Jezebel? After calling far from heaven, Elijah wanted to die. He said, Lord, take me home. Because <laughs> a woman was coming after him. How about Abraham when God called Abraham? He said, I'm going to show you a land, a promised land. He gets there, there's famine. There's trouble. He has to go to Egypt to get help. And you think about David. Uh, who killed Goliath, but ran away from Saul. So everyone shares in troubles. But I think it's so important to, to also understand that sometimes troubles come our way, not maybe in all cases, but in many cases, because we're not really hearing God right. Or maybe we don't want to do what God says to us to do about things in life or maybe who we should have married, and now we're married to somebody that was not God's will for us, and troubles show up because we didn't really 
obey the voice of God deep within, you know. How many times I've heard someone say, well, the Lord told me to marry so-and-so, and then they divorced so-and-so. And you say, well, what happened? I thought God told you to marry them. And they don't know what to answer. They always all blame somebody. Uh, or they'll get mad at you for even asking a question. But anyways, so uh, Jacob comes to Shechem. Now his daughter is raped. His children are serving false gods. And 10 years go by, 10 years. And God comes back and says, look, look at uh, Genesis 35. And the Lord said, arise, go up to Bethel, dwell there and build an altar to the God that appeared to you when you fled from the face of Esau, your, your brother. And now it says, Jacob said to his household, I'm reading Genesis 35, verse 1 and verse 2. Jacob said to his household and to all that were with him, put away the strange gods that are among you and be clean. By that time, they, they are now worshiping alien gods, strange gods. He says, be clean and change your garments. And he says, and let's arise and go up to Bethel, where he should have been, but for 10 years he wasn't there. And I will make that an altar unto God. And the Lord had told him that 10 years before. Go to Bethel, build me an altar. Instead, he goes to Shechem, a whole different part of the Holy Land. And there he had troubles. So he says, now let's go to Bethel. I'm going to build an altar there to the Lord who answered me in the day of my distress and was with me. And it says in verse 4, and they gave to Jacob all the strange gods, all the strange gods which were in their hands, and all their earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob put them under a tree which was at Shechem, the place they should not have gone to in the first place. And it says they journeyed, and the terror of God was on the cities. And those that wanted to kill him now did not pursue them, which means God protected them from being all killed by the inhabitants because of them killing Shechem and his father and his whole family and that whole group there. They killed them all later, as you know. If you, of course, you know your Bible. Well, anyways, but God Almighty still protects them. Because they, they began living like the people of the land. You know, in, in Hosea 2.13, it talks about that people who wore earrings in those days uh, worshipped false gods. And that was the sign, by the way, that you were a, a false god worshiper by wearing earrings. And Jacob tells his sons, take the earrings off your ears. Imagine that. So in Hosea 2.13, it says, and I will visit upon her the days of Baalim wherein she burnt incense to them, God speaking about his people Israel, and she decked herself with her earrings. So when people worshipped other gods in those days, they would, ear, they would wear earrings to say, I'm a false god worshiper. And in Genesis 35, uh, Jacob says to his sons, give me the earrings that you're wearing and, and give up your false gods. 
But you know, they were worshiping false gods in the first place because he was in the wrong spot. So often, often, people are in trouble because they're not in the place where God wants them. He would not have had a problem with his own daughter getting raped had he gone to Bethel. He would not have had a problem with his children looking to false gods had he been in Bethel. Finally, he had to wake up and say, you know what, let's go to Bethel where we should be in the first place and let's take all those gods and all the earrings. And he bared all that and kept it in Shechem. But Jacob understood, and I think this is what we need to understand, and God will, I believe, really help us if we just do some, some good things we need to do. So let's go to Genesis 32. Let's go back and see this beautiful example to all of us. So he comes out of the house of Laban. Laban, by that time, chased him to uh, Gilead, the mountains of Gilead, there in northern Israel by Galilee, and he came to kill him. But God, in a dream, spoke to Laban and says, don't you speak good or bad to him, and rebukes him. So, now, Jacob leaves, and the angels of God meet him. Because God wanted to give him the assurance he's still with him. And so, now, he, surprisingly, he, uh, allows fear to take over. Now think think about this. Now he just saw the angels of God, chapter 32, verse 1, it says, and Jacob went on his way and the angels of God met him. What a blessed, <laughs> blessed assurance, you know, someone gets to say, ah, the angels of God are with me, so I'm going to be okay. You know, Laban was, was going to kill me. God stopped him, so here I'm safe. Now the angels show up and to give him more comfort, and it didn't last long. Because it says, and Jacob still now is in fear of his own brother, sends messengers before him to Esau, his brother. You know what is so shocking? Is it says in verse 7, look look at verse 7, Genesis 32. Now, the angels just met him back in verse 1 there of this same chapter. Then Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. Well, wait, I mean, it's no different than than Elijah calling far from heaven. And right after that, Jezebel threatened his life and he ran away for his life. Why? Because we're men, human beings. We can can go from hearing God to uh, not listening to the Lord at all. We're now full of fear because that's just human nature. So don't feel bad about the fact you're worried. That's, that's human nature. And like I told you, the Bible is the greatest, is the greatest book in the world because it's the only, only the Bible knows us. Only God knows your nature and my nature. So now, Jacob is afraid. After God has just set him free from Laban, sends his angels to comfort him and to strengthen him, now fear takes over again. And it says, and he was greatly afraid. Not just afraid. Verse 7, he was greatly afraid and distressed. And he divides the people that were with him and so on. And now he's he's trying to give gifts. Well, he gives gifts to his brother to make sure he doesn't come and kill him. So he really forgets all about the promises of God at this point. And then he prays. 
So that was the best thing he did. He turned into his, uh, his fear into a prayer. And I think this is there just for you and me. So what do we do when we are, you know, about to lose our minds over some problem that just happened? And, you know, think about that, you know, he had two big major problems, not just one. He had Laban coming to harm him, and now his brother within hours of each other. Happens to all of us too, but maybe not, not exactly like that. But here you see a real bad situation with one man, his uncle wants to kill him, and now his brother wants to kill him, so family wants to kill him. It doesn't happen to a whole lot of people all the time, but it happened to him. He turns all that into a prayer. I think the first thing you need to do is look at what, well, first, let's look at what he says. And I think through that prayer, you, you, you're going to see some amazing things. So he says, he says, and Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, verse 9, O God of my father Abraham and God of my father Isaac, what was he, what was he saying? He was he was calling upon the God of the covenant, the God who made a covenant. He was relying on the covenant with God now, that God made with him and his father and his grandfather. He said, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said to me, return to your country your kindred, and I will deal well with you. So I think the first thing we have to do is remember the covenant we have with God and call upon the Lord who made that covenant with us through his son Jesus. And I think this is why things began to change for Jacob right here, which I think is, is really remarkable. And you see what happened later after that prayer, which I think will happen to every one of us if we, if we look at these four amazing keys here. So what to do when troubles come? Well, call upon the Lord who made that covenant with you. Remember the covenant you have with God. Remember the covenant God made with you. Years ago, <clears throat> oh, it was terrible. I had a very, very bad experience with the family. And I remember uh, dear Pastor Chris from Nigeria, my friend Pastor Chris. Thank God for that man. He called me. He said, Pastor Benny, this is the time now you remember the covenant God made with you. And boy, just calm me right down. Because I needed to hear it back then. And maybe now you need to hear it. He said, remember the covenant God made with you about your family. Wow, such peace, such peace. I bet it didn't happen like right away. As he was talking, I just began to, oh, yeah, you're right. Because he knew it from the Bible. And I'm giving it to you from the Bible. Because we all need it. But look what, what, what was the second thing, the second thing that Jacob says. He says, I am not worthy. This is verse 10. I'm not worthy of the least of your mercies. 
of all the truth which you have showed to your servant. With my staff, I pass over this Jordan, and now I'm become two bands. In other words, when I came, I had nothing, and now you bless me. Here he acknowledged his own weakness, his utter lack of strength. He says, I'm not worthy, Lord, of the least of your mercies. I'm not deserving. You know, you're the God of mercy. You're the Lord who's going to take care of me. There's no strength in me anymore. So he acknowledged his own weakness, for he can't handle it. He has no strength inside himself. That's number two. So when that problem hits you, and today I am think I've talked to a lot of people who need this, acknowledge the God of your covenant and acknowledge the fact there's nothing in you that can help you. Not one thing. And now he makes his request. He says, deliver me, verse 11. Deliver me, I pray thee, from the hand of my brother, from the hand of Esau, because I fear him, lest he will come and smite me and kill us all. He makes his request. But then he throws himself on the promise. He said, Lord, you said, verse 12, Lord, you said, I will surely do the good. I will make your seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude. So these four things are so important. Lord, you made a covenant with me. Lord, there's nothing in me that I can look to. Lord, here's my problem. I'm making your, th- that request. And Lord, I want to remind you about your promise. You do that, and those problems will start to fall apart by themselves. Because that's what happened there. And the Bible tells us a lot about that when problems come, like he just did, you know, we have to cast ourselves on the promises. We have to remember what God said to us, what God promised us. Psalm 119, verse 49, remember the word. This is David praying. Remember the word unto your servant, upon which you have caused me to hope. Remember, Lord, your word that caused you caused me to hope. My wife, Suzanne, is an amazing, amazing lady. God gave her a covenant about our family years ago. And sometimes when I'm troubled and about my own children, you know, I'll call and say, you know, Sue, uh, is it going to be okay? She said, Benny, God made a covenant with me, and I'm not going to question it. Yes, they're going to be all right. And there, there are times when I need to hear that from my own wife. Because sometimes God may speak to the husband or to the wife about things that they themselves may be not able to handle. We all need that. But I'm going to tell you something. You do those four things, and I've had to learn the hard way to do that over the years. Lord, remember the covenant you made. Lord, because I have had to face a lot more troubles than just my family, you know. 
Think about the ministry. Think about things I've had to fight out there, news media and enemies from all over the place. And I didn't go and say, hey, Suzanne, you better tell me what God told you about that. Because I don't, because God spoke to her about our family. He didn't speak to her about things that had to do with me and our ministry and the problems I had to face the last 48 years of my life. And I still have them every so, so often. But now I've learned after all those years, there's four things I can do. Remind God about the covenant he made with me when I was young. And then acknowledge, Lord, I have no strength inside of me. I cannot deal with it. And three, Lord, here's what I need. And four, Lord, I cast myself on your promise. I cast myself on your word. And so here it is, David says, remember the word you gave to your servant, Psalm 119, verse 49, upon which you have caused me to hope. Wow. All right. Now, what happened later was really amazing. What happened later, and I'm almost out of time, so you know, I may have to go on, but I think I can do this all here today in this program because I think you all need it. You don't want to wait till tomorrow, I'm sure. But later, the Lord comes and wrestles with him to get the flesh out of him. And then there, all this beautiful thing begins to happen. And it says... And Jacob was left alone. I love that. And I think this is something that happens to all of us. By the way, I may go a little extra, you know, take a little extra time today, a few, a few extra minutes. Usually I go for about half an hour, but I just may go five minutes extra today because I think you need it. He was left alone. I think when we say, Lord, I remember the covenant, Lord, have nothing in me, Lord, here's my problem, and Lord, I, I cast myself on your promise. I think God brings us to the place where we, we have to pull away from the world. It says he was left alone. I love that. Verse 24, Genesis 32. Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him. Now this is interesting because it didn't say that he was wrestling with the angel. It says the angel wrestled with him. So the angel coming to wrestle with him meant that the angel came to remove the flesh out of him. The angel came to wrestle with him, not the other way around. So when God comes to wrestle with you, for one reason he does, to take that flesh out. And then it says something wonderful. Until... The breaking of day. I'm reading verse 24 still. He was left alone. Come away from the world now so you don't have to keep thinking about this problem. I'm going to get the flesh out of you. God wrestles with him. Till the breaking of day. Now, this says something really powerful that the flesh uh, coming off is a process. It's not going to happen in one minute, you know. So God Almighty will work with you if you, if you allow him to do what he, what he wants to do. So that fear doesn't come back. That fear leaves and doesn't come back. Because later we see what happened to Jacob. He became stronger and stronger and stronger when God changed his nature, changed his name to Israel, a prince with God. And now something happens that I think is so beautiful. You know, prayer and wrestling, it's the same thing, you know. Uh, it's amazing that when the angel was wrestling with him, he was praying. 
because it says that in, in Hosea 12. It doesn't say that in, in, in Genesis. It says that in Hosea 12. In Hosea 12 and verse 4, listen to what it says. Yea, he had power over the angel and prevailed. He wept and made supplication unto him. He made supplication unto him. Wow. Isn't that beautiful? He was praying while God is wrestling with him. He's praying. It revived his prayer life. <laughs> and I think when God wrestles with us and gets the flesh out, we know it because our prayer life is reborn. Prayer takes over. And then it says God touched. Let's go back to Genesis 32. He touched Listen to this, I love this. I love this part because I wanna I wanna show you something so beautiful. Okay. So now uh, he he does something beautiful. Well, let me re reread the, the, the now verse 25. When he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh. And the hollow of Jacob's thigh was out of joint as he wrestled with him. Why? He caused him to realize how helpless he is. That's what it means by he touched the hell of his thigh. He took his strength out of him. His strength and power was gone. So now Jacob had to lean on the Lord. Had to lean on the Lord. Fear will not come back. Problems will not be as bad as they used to be. We can be, become more and more Dependent on the Lord, where it's easier for us later down the road. When we learn how to cling and how to lean on the Lord, wow. And, and God gives him a tremendous revelation here. Because now he changes his name in verse 28. He says, your name, no more, Jacob, but Israel, you're a prince. Wow, the change happens because of that. And now it says the sun arose in verse 31. It says as he passed over Peniel, the sun rose up, meaning a, a new day, a new beginning. The light of God now is shining upon his life. And I think that's what's going to happen to every one of you. So today, remember what I told you, please. The covenant. God made a covenant with us. He is not going to forget the covenant. We may forget the covenant. But when those troubles come, it's time to remember the covenant. Because often we forget the covenant. God doesn't forget, we do. And then you say, Lord, I have no ability, I have no strength in me. You cannot depend on yourself. When those troubles come, you cannot depend on your own strength and self. There's nothing in you you can look for to help you. You make your request now to the Lord and you throw yourself upon his word and let him do the rest. Let him do what needs to be done. I have had troubles by the truckloads in my life. I will never forget when one of the major networks came at me. And even one of my staff members, I'll never forget Larry, dear Larry, God bless him. A fellow used to 
work in our maintenance department back in Orlando years ago. Well, they're going to shut you down now. And he was so negative. I said, Larry, they cannot do that. And I reminded him of what Gamaliel said to the, to the Pharisees when they wanted to stop the apostles. He, if this work be of God, you cannot stop it. If it's not of God, it'll stop by itself without you know, people attacking you or coming at you. I said, Larry, if, if the ministry of God gave me is of God, it cannot stop. No, nobody can stop it. I said, I would not need enemies to stop if God didn't call me. It's going to stop by itself. It's going to fall by itself. There's no life to it. Because a lie has a short life, people. A lie has a very short life. The truth cannot be removed when God is in it. No way. I'm still here. But I remember going to the Lord. And I didn't realize, you know, I, like what I should show you today, I've had to learn. But I went to the Lord, and such joy and such peace and such tranquility filled my soul that a pastor called me and said, are you for real? They're about to destroy you tonight. I said, no, they can't. So I had more than one person believing I'm going to be gone. I've seen it happen. He is, the Lord is faithful to his promises. I want to pray with you right now. Come on, stretch your hands towards me. Let's believe God for you now, for you. Lord, I want you right now to release it. Let the Lord take care of it. Let's remind him now of his covenant with you. Come on. Lord, we remind you of the covenant you've made with everyone right now that needs this word. You gave them that covenant through your son, Jesus. Now, Lord, we all acknowledge there's no strength in us. We acknowledge our own weakness. We acknowledge our own inability to handle this problem. And, Lord, we make this request right now to you. Right now, you tell the Lord what you want him to do. Make that request while I'm praying for you. Tell him exactly what you need in your life. Tell him right now what you need in your life. And, Lord, I agree. I agree with that person, with that child of God, with your servants, that you'll grant that request in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And Lord, we also throw ourselves on your promise. We throw ourselves upon your word, just like Jacob did. He said, Lord, you said. Now, Lord, please remove the flesh out of the way. Take that flesh out completely. Bring peace to them. And bring change in their life like you brought to Jacob's life. In Jesus' holy name. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. Well, thank you for being with me today. I pray the Lord will really use this word to bless you. And don't forget what I, what I told you. In Genesis 35, even after that, Jacob messed up a little bit because he went to the wrong place. He went to Shechem. <laughs> so I pray that God will lead you to the right place. I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, don't let them go to the wrong area again. Let them be in your will now, that they might find peace and avoid the problems of the future for your glory. Amen and amen. Well, thank you for being with me. Share this word with people that follow you on 
on social media? Will you just share it with friends who need it? It's time to give to the Lord's work. It's time to say, thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for your promises. And he promised to take care of our, fin our financial needs, not just troubles. <laughs> and I'm sure some of you are facing some financial troubles too. Well, you do the same thing I just gave you. You just do exactly what we were talking about. And God will bring you out of that completely. And show your trust and show your faith with your seed. Because every time you sow seed, you're saying, Lord, I trust you. My faith is in your promise. Amen. All right, you can sow on the platform. You can give on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benhin.org. You can also uh, text BHM45777. And by the way, our YouTube channel is really growing, which is so exciting. So tell your friends also to watch us on YouTube and help me grow that channel. We have our own channel, Benihin channel on YouTube. All right, much love to you. And tomorrow is healing service, so make sure to join me live tomorrow, live a healing service from Orlando. I have a lot of people coming tomorrow. It's going to be a beautiful time tomorrow night. So make sure you all be with us, okay? And don't forget my book, Mysteries of the Anointing. It's selling, and people are enjoying it. I just spoke to Mary Colbert. She said, she says, this is like good morning, Holy Spirit, you know? Said, well, you know, everything God showed me about the anointing in 48 years is all in this book. So make sure you get this from everywhere books are sold. Much love. I'll see you tomorrow for the great healing service. Bye-bye.